Hello, this is yet another edition of What's the Story here at thepeoplechronicles.com. I hope you've made it a favorite by now. And share, share, share. There are so many stories at thepeoplechronicles.com, each and every one of them very, very important. I got to wondering, my name is Joe Painter, and you hear a lot about charter schools. And what are charter schools? Education is often in the news, um, good, bad, or otherwise. And frustration a lot of times, and what's going on. So charter schools started. And we here in Reading, Pennsylvania have our very own I Lead Charter School. I Lead Charter School has been in the news off and on quite a bit, and it just found a new home. And I, I had the great pleasure of touring the school on uh, Penn Street, on 4th and Penn Street. So let me introduce you to uh, one of the founders of I Lead Charter School, Angel Figueroa. Thank you for joining us, Angel. Thank you, Joe, for having me. And thank you for the tour. Absolutely. It's it's all over my brain. You you and I got mm-hmm. together two days ago, and I you took me all through the school. It's a wonderful school. There's an energy in Eileen Charter School. You can feel the presence. And I was there after school hours, so only some students were there. But there is a very tangible feeling of ownership and love in that school. And it has been like that since its inception. Um, the birth of the school was driven by parents. And to this day, parents have to have a sense of ownership. It's not just a building. It's a place that they are instilling their trust onto us um, as administrators, as teachers, as support staff to simply say, listen, I need a place where I do not have to worry anymore Mm -hmm. about where is my child going to school? Is this place going to be safe? Is it going to be conducive? And, you know, when when I started to school four years ago, I, I listened very closely to all of the stories of hundreds of parents simply saying that they just wanted another option, hence the birth of the Ivy Charter School. It's the only charter school in Reading, We are correct? the only bricks and mortar charter school. Okay, so they're so, cyber charters. So they're cyber charter schools mm-hmm. in Berks County, um, and but we are the first bricks and mortar charter school in Berks County. When I went there, it felt very much mm-hmm. like a private school. Mm-hmm. I was at a private school, and you can often feel that sense of privilege. Mm-hmm. To go to a private school, you are privileged mm-hmm. uh, to have that opportunity. But it's not a private school, is it? It is not. You know, a charter school is a public school, and we have all of the public mandate that the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania puts upon all public schools throughout the state of Pennsylvania, as well as the federal government. So we have to meet all of the same standards. Our students have to, you know, obviously take standardized testing. Um, We have to show uh, gains academically. So all of the same uh, academic legal requirements that are bestowed on a public school, they're also put on charter schools. The difference is that we are held uh, to a higher standard of accountability in that (laughs) if we're not performing, um, if we're not meeting uh, state standard scores, there's a very good chance of a revocation process starting and even to the extent of shutting the school down. So for us, performance is so important and it's so vital uh, in order to keep the school operating. It brings up a couple questions here, obviously. Well, first of all, you're held to the same standard. So I have to ask this question. Common Core? That's all over the news. Some are frustrated. It's something new. And whenever there's something new, it's very difficult. Do you have to teach uh, in accordance with Common Core, those principles? So, yes, we do. Um, And obviously, the whole process, it's still in its infancy stage. Mm -hmm. And I'm predicting that when we do get to the official Common Core 
uh, standards, which is in 2016. Yep. I'm predicting that something else will change um, <laughs> as it was two to years ago. To replace Common Core? Uh, possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Um, and two years ago, you know, Keystones didn't exist. Now our students have to take Keystone exams over PSSAs. So while we recognize that testing is important, um, our academic philosophy is not necessarily predicated on teaching to the tests. Um, we go beyond that. You know? We hear that all the time, though, teaching to the test, right. and it's, it seems to be prevalent everywhere. And that leads me to the next question. You said that you're held to a standard. Mm-hmm. And if you don't meet that standard, you're at risk of possibly losing the license or having your doors shuttered at this brick-and-mortar school on Penn Street in downtown Reading. Are all schools held to that? I mean, there's there's some validity to that. Well, here's here's a school, and these are the standards. If you're not meeting that standard and putting out a student um, who meets those standards, then we'll shut your school down. Is that everywhere, or just charter schools? So you would you would want to believe that it's it's like that across exactly. the board, right? However, it is not. Um, you know, you I don't know when in in my history that I've seen a public school get shut down. Now, what has happened? Um, there's been situations where the state will step in, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as it did in Philadelphia School District, roughly about 15 years ago, they have the school reform commission, which is governed by the state as well as the mayor of Philadelphia. But you know, the fact still remains that nothing different is happening. And, and that's the cliff that we're looking at. In as public education. In public education okay. across the board. So I consider myself, the Ivy Charter School, to be a proud member of the Reading School District. We are a part of the Reading School District. Um, and, and I say that in the spirit of collaboration to simply say, we are in this together. You know, As Americans, if we don't start to have an honest conversation, regardless if it's charter, if it's public, and we don't get beyond the rhetoric of what's happening to our country with education, we're going to continue to look down this this cliff that there's a very high likelihood that we're going to fall off pretty soon if we're not having an honest conversation about addressing issues as it relates to poverty, addressing issues as it relates to equality across the board, um, addressing our constitution that every single kid has a promise of getting equitable education in America, and that is not a true statement. Um, And that's where my passion comes in beyond the academic rigor that has to be required by every school. I I support that. Mm -hmm. But I think we're, we're getting away from the human conversation. The fact that many of our kids right from the get-go, don't have an equal level playing field. Just don't. And I think that... When, when you say equal level, are you talking about in terms of special needs children, uh, poverty, uh, the, the demographic of the child, all of those things or any one of those things? It's all of those things. And I'll give you a, a quick story. You know, when my second child, Natalia, was born, she, uh, she's a fighter and she was in the NICU for about seven days. Oh. And God bless this doctor who had helped her. He, after we were being exiting out, he had met with me and my wife and he gave me a gift. And the gift was in the box, a silver spoon for my daughter. And I said, why are you giving me the silver spoon? And he said, well, you know, you have a daughter and, you know, a silver spoon consists of privilege. And I said, well, I'm grateful that you're giving me the silver spoon. I don't comprehend what it is to be brought up with a silver spoon in my mouth, nor will my children. You know, the fact that uh, as a father, I do my very best 
to create equality in my house for my kids. Teach them the fabrics of this country. Work hard. You know, be smart. Be honest. But at the same time, there are hundreds of kids hundreds and thousands of kids across America that don't have that same opportunity. And that's the conversation that we should be having in America as it relates to education. That's what I mean by equality. Is that what he meant by the silver spoon? Because you're able to give that to your child regardless of what kind of money is in the house? Exactly. Okay. You know, exactly. And it was it was in part a compliment, you know, but but I've had similar instances or situations that I've had that I've had in my life where, you know, I've had mentors and people like to say, you know, this is why I'm doing this for you. Um, while I could appreciate that, you know, I don't entertain sympathy nor sorrow. And my kids, my students at the Ivy Charter School, we tell them all the time, listen, you know, this is not about sympathy. Don't come here thinking that we're going to feel sorry for you. We get the fact that this morning you woke up, you didn't have breakfast. We get the fact that this morning you woke up to a single household. We get the fact that this morning you woke up to an abusive father. We get all these stories. You're coming to a very magical place now. Drop it while we could try to support you emotionally. The equalizer here is academics. Do well. You know, put that anger, transform into motivation, and this is going to be your ticket out. And that's what I mean about equality across the board. So you're providing that at Ily Charter School. Go back to, just to further clarify, charter schools. Um, it's the only one, and you're collaborating with the Reading School District. So could anybody open one of those? There has to be, a, I believe, a premise for, for your charter school. What is the premise for Eileen Charter School? So there has to be a niche, and that's yes. why charter schools were started. You know, you, you know, typically you often hear charter schools are for the gifted, for the arts, for right, the music. Right. In our case, what's very unique is that we're going above and beyond to the extreme scenario in that we're going after what's hard. We're going after a population of young kids that have fell through the cracks in American schools. We're going after the 14, the 15, the 16, the 17-year-old kid that for many years was being bullied in the system Mm -hmm. and was fearful speaking up. We're going after the kid that simply just can't operate in a huge environment, okay? So, So while, you know, our population is unique, these are human beings. These are people with hearts. These are people that want to love. These are people that want to be as determined to be successful in life. And all they want is that second chance, Joe. They're looking for that second chance. Giving them the silver spoon. You are, in a sense, giving all of these at-risk students, maybe they've dropped out. Maybe they're at risk of dropping out and saying, no, no, no. Here's education. It is your ticket. It is, I like what you called it, the equalizer. And you're giving them that, and therefore you're giving them the silver spoon they need to succeed in life. Well, and, and keep in mind, while, while I want to believe that we're creating that pathway for them, mm-hmm. you know, it, this, is, this is not a, a hand-me-out situation. This is a hand-me-up. You know, we're going to give you the tools. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you the skills. We're going to give you an opportunity to show you how to do it. I'm not going to do it for you. It's going to be hard. It's going to be painful to realize that, yes, I'm 17 years old. I was told I'm in the 11th grade. I was told I passed Algebra 2, but I can't even do 2 times 2. So that's the hard conversations that I'm having with my kids. That's a fact in our public schools, and I'm not picking on anyone. There is... 
by whatever uh, perfect storm of events in education, our kids are being pushed through the system for a variety of reasons. So whether or not you really know the material you need to know to pass to the next grade, you're often passed on to the next grade anyway, which only exponentially exacerbates the problem. It does. And, and you know, I, I was dealing with a mother about four weeks ago and she had asked our staff if we had heard of the No Child Left Behind Act. Right, right. I, I truly believe that when President Bush wrote the act, it wasn't intended to just pass kids along, okay? Correct. And, and you, you'll hear this rhetoric around, well, you know, you got to comply with No Child Left Behind Act. Well, if that means that I'm violating the law because I'm not passing you because you're still not proficient at, an, at a 10th grade reading level or at a 10th grade math level, then put me in jail. Because I'm not going to do it. But you're not violating the law. Of course not. It's a misconception. Of course. Or, or perception as to, to whatever that is. Um, I want to, but we're going to come back for part two. This is What's the Story? Angel Figueroa is our guest, the founder of the I Lead Charter School here in Reading, Pennsylvania, and the only, the first I Lead Charter School in the nation. And I'm hopeful after visiting that this will be replicated in other communities. So we'll find out how it started, why in Reading, and more about the demands. This isn't a free ticket by any sense of the imagination. Accountability is a key word at Eileen Charter. We'll be back.